The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a absent minded that is extremely, extremely happy after last night's game. It's Patrick Bexel from Sweden, and I was up watching the last two periods at least. Um, but and I'm joined by Jared Brook from from uh, uh, Montreal, and and I guess you were out partying all night. I, I was I was up uh, a little bit after the game. Yes, that definitely. I, I not not just adrenaline, but just wanting to soak it all in and and really just making sure I I saw what I you know I believe what I saw because yeah that you know, just the whole day was crazy. Uh, but just to, to finish it off with a game like that, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a fun time, man. It's a fun. We'll get into it, but it's fun. How is it feeling, or, or what is the feeling in general in Montreal? And I mean, like, we were, for me, I'm, I've been to Montreal. Obviously, I've, I've watched one game in in, in the Bell Center. Uh, Max Petretti scored the, the winning goal in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's we we see all these highlight reels from you know past from when. When everyone went out of their houses, fireworks, parties, riots to, to a certain degree as well. But but what is the general feeling after the year that Montreal and the world has had and Montreal going on this run? It's it's unlike anything that I have seen before. And I was I was alive for 93. I was eight years old when when they won that cup, or actually, yeah, just turning eight. But the thing is, is that you mentioned it. First of all, 93 was only, what, seven years after they won the previous cup in 86, right? So it was it was relatively short. I mean, at that point, seven years was an eternity, right? Because they won it pretty much every seven yeah. years <laughs> at, at most. But it, it, it was it's different now because you have really an entire generation of Canadians fans who are able to go out and drink and party and who haven't been able to in the last year. And they're experiencing this for really the first time, because this is different in 2014. This is different in 2010. It is completely different because nothing about this is, Oh, this is a fluke because it, it doesn't feel like that. It, it just, it's completely different. And then, like you said, to top it all off, it's coming right as, Quebec is going across the horizon towards, you know, on the, the downslope of, of COVID. Not that it's over by any means, because obviously you just have to look at the Canadians bench to realize that we're still in this. But um, at, at the same time, it's, it's coming at, at the perfect time. 
And, and I think people are enjoying this because a, they're able to enjoy it just being outside and being in restaurants and bars and, and, and things or bell center itself, which, which wasn't possible even a few, few months ago. And they're also able to just celebrate the summer in Montreal, which is always the you know summer is so, so short in Montreal that we really cram everything in. People are on patios and they're always outside. They always like to be outside. You know, I don't know if the scenes outside the Bell Center, outside the restaurant with the the crowds standing outside the Bell Center, I don't know if that would be any different if the Bell Center was full. I think people would still want to be outside watching this team do what it's doing. And I think that that's a, it's a perfect timing. It's a bunch of things. You know, people would be out enjoying the summer anyway, but the fact they get to enjoy the summer and enjoy the Canadians makes it a, a perfect storm and it, it's it's fun it, it's a fun time to be in montreal yeah and and obviously you can warm up with some classic football games that are equally boring uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no um you mentioned it obviously the big news last night or, or before the game yesterday was the fact that Ducharm had tested positive for covid he's in quarantine he's a he's a 10-day window we think uh, we don't really it, know what I, happens. I, I, I think it, what happens is it has to. It depends when his next negative test is. Yeah, because exactly. you know, it, he has it, been, after he you have to have been, a certain number of negative tests within a week. So he's out probably at least a week. I would figure. Yeah. Um, if if they say that you know what this is just like a random blip, and he tests negative like the next day, it might be shorter. Who knows? But but he's already had two positive tests at this point. So. Uh, yeah, it depends when the next negative test comes, and then we can kind of go from there. But yeah, it pro- I would say at least a week, I would say, but who knows? It, it could be longer, obviously, it could be shorter as well. Yeah, and we know he has uh, had both shots as well, so we know he should be protected from a serious infection at least. Um, yeah, the, the, the second shot was within 14 days, so I think that's the period when it really becomes fully effective so he's not fully protected yet or wasn't and that's that's obviously part of the reason why he may have uh tested positive in the first place but yeah hopefully you know for, from a health standpoint hopefully he's you know he seems to be doing well according to mark bergevin uh, who spoke to the media so that's good and but he was yeah, also available for zoom calls before and after the game we and don't know apparently he, during the game luke Richardson was saying that like, between periods they were like sharing ideas as well so that that's that's always interesting but yeah i mean that's the that's the benefit of, of having uh, this technology right now is that he is able to to maybe uh have a little bit more input uh, on this team at a you know a very critical point in 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 the series um there, there was a little bit of, we we spoke about it in the chat obviously i saw some other people were mentioning it on twitter the the, the the interim part of the coaching title seems to have changed a little bit. Yeah, people are saying that you know the Canadians are using interim less and less. Uh, there's rumors that he's our. I mean, let's face it; doesn't matter what they call him; he's staying next year. Like it's, it's he's going to sign a contract as the head coach of the Canadians. So you know, it, it's just it's just semantics. I think at this point, he's still he's still the interim coach. He still say interim. Sometimes they don't say interim, but I, I don't think it matters. He's going to stay on his coach afterwards. And, you know, and it, he it's similar. It. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's absolutely. That. It's similar to St. Louis, right? Because St. Louis, when they won the cup with Joel Edmondson and Jake Allen, by the way, uh, Craig Berube was, was listed as interim coach. And it wasn't until after they won the cup that he, he got 
the title taken off. I mean, even at that point, Ducharme doesn't have to win the Stanley Cup. He's going to stay next year. It's just a matter of waiting till the end of the season. Everyone signs their contracts. Hopefully, Joao Bouchard signs the contract and everyone is, is you know, moves on. Yeah, and, and looking, um, there's a lot of talk, obviously, as you mentioned before, uh, the 93 series. There is a lot of similarities. You see a little bit of a, a same pattern going through this. Obviously, the most striking pattern is, you know, get a game to overtime, we'll win it. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's funny because every time the Canadians get into the playoffs or do win a round even, or even a couple of games, it feels like 93, right? Like everyone says that. But this year, it, it really does. Like, it's not only, like, look, for, first of all, every second time that they win a game or they do something, it's like the last time this happened was 93. The last time this happened was 93. And that, that's one thing on its own. Then there's the parallel of the overtime. You mentioned the overtime and, and winning games in overtime. And then, you know, coming back and, and winning games. And it's... A sweeping it, series. You know, pa- you know, if, if they don't want to make the comparisons to 93, just tell Carey Price, don't wink at your opponent. But like all these little things are adding up, man. And it, it, I'm not saying they're going to win the cup because it's 93. I'm just saying it's weird. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's weird because the even, stars align a little bit. We're not yeah, sure how many of them yet. Exactly. And look, even, even if nothing else happened, if nothing else happened, just the fact that Carey Price winked at, at, a, at a Vegas player in game one, just that alone would have people thinking it's 93. Then you add in that it's the third round of the playoffs. Add in that they uh, are winning in overtime. Add in that they're on this like winning streak and they sweep the second round. And they, all, they, they fall behind Toronto and win the series. Add in all of those things and you start thinking, okay, it's kind of weird now. And that's where I am now. It's, it's weird, but it really does feel like 93, even if you go up and down the roster. You know, you talk about a goaltender who is, you know, playing at the one of the best that he's playing. And, you know, obviously, Carey Price and Patrick Waugh are going to have those similarities. You have, you know, a, a team that, you know, obviously, Carey Price is playing very well. And up until game three, never didn't really have to steal anything. So that's uh, a factor. You know, you have a mix of young players and veterans. And you have, you know, Denis Savard and Gary Lehman and, you uh, Rob Ramage and, and, you know, veterans like that. And then on, on this team, you have, you know, Corey Perry and Eric Stahl and Shea Weber and, you know, all these things. And you have young players like, you know, John LeClaire and, you know, Eric Desjardins and, you know, Mike Keane and, you know, Brian Bellows, you know, Brian Bellows could be Tyler Toffoli and Dan Foose could be uh, Nick Suzuki. And then you have uh, uh, Guy Carboneau who can be Philip Deneau. Like, the, the the makeup of the roster is similar, right? You have you have a young player who's coming into his own and scoring goals, and you know it, it's just things like that is it adds up. And and obviously the ninety two ninety three team was a very good team. They they finished with over a um, hundred points in the regular season. Like it, it, they're they're a better team than than this version of the Canadians. But I, I do think that there's there's a lot of similarities, and they're they're playing very well. So. Yeah, the, the, the similarities are going to be there every they are there every time Montreal does well in in the playoffs. To throw a little bit of a shade or, or or be the devil's advocate, could it also be the 2014 New York Rangers? Not in order, not not saying cry like someone is going to take mm-hmm. out 
Lehner or, or, or Fleury, but I'm saying more as, you know, this, this team finally breaks through, it goes the right way, but then they get, you know, 4-1 in the final, if, if, if Montreal hasn't even gotten that far yet. But, but, I mean, I can see some similarities between that team as well and New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I think this team is better than the Rangers. Honestly, um, I, obviously, I think this team is better than the 2014 version of the Canadians. But I, I think that, you know, I mean, it's hard to say because the Rangers got really lucky because Carey Price got hurt. Right. So it, it's it's hard to judge either one of those teams. Right. Because yeah, Montreal was the favorite going into that series. Right. They had home ice advantage and, and things like that. Uh, I, I, I the, It's different because if Tampa Bay wins against the Islanders, you can say that they're probably just as good, if not better than Vegas. But there's also a chance that if Montreal gets through Vegas and the Islanders get through Tampa, then, you know, I, I don't see the, the 80s Islanders then, as a, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, that, I mean, that's another 93 parallel, right? The Islanders beating the defending Stanley Cup champions to face the Canadians, right? So, <laughs> I mean, we're, I'm getting ahead of myself, obviously. I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, you know, there's parallels there. But, yeah, I think that, you know, Vegas is a better team than Montreal would have been in 2014. So, but, you know, Carey Price and Henrik Lundqvist, very similar, right? Uh, in terms of their careers, in terms of their uh, accolades, in terms of their performances, in terms of their team struggling or, or, or injuries happening to them at the, at the wrong time. So, you know, th- there's going to be the parallels. Fleury is like the, the team winner and then, you look at all the other goalies of this generation, Luongo and Lundqvist and Price, they haven't had that team success necessarily. So it, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, I think that, you know, there's definitely parallels to that Rangers team just because they they have that, you know, grizzled veteran and, you know, they had, they had a bunch of veterans on that team as well. Um, so yeah, it, there's definitely a, a feel of that team as well. Uh, looking at it, we have to mention him. The, the gold cow field or, or Bilbo or whatever we're going to call him in the future, or, or as, I, as, as the saying goes here in Sweden, a beloved child has many names. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but seriously, it's getting ridiculous with, with the chemistry between Suzuki and, and Cowfield. And for me personally, I have, to, I have to acknowledge that I expected him to be good. I didn't expect him to be this good. I think anybody who expected him to be this good this soon was, is a liar uh, because I, I knew, I think everyone, yeah, everyone expected him to be good eventually or to not be out of place. I don't think anybody would have expected him to be this good. And, and I think that that's just a testament to him. And it's, it's just everyone. The questions about Cole Caulfield were always, if he doesn't score, then what? And the, the funny thing is, is that he, he was playing really well and becoming a star even without scoring. And now those goals are starting to go in. And that's, that's trouble for, for any team that faces the Canadians right now. It, it's like, it, it's, I want to feel it's like this Canadians team is kind of like happy Gilmore in that, you know, they always had Carey price down there and, and happy Gilmore. This is a really weird reference, but I don't care. I'm going with it. Uh, happy Gilmore always had the long drive. And the Canadians always had Carey Price. But the problem was that they never really had the, the all-around game. And they, they couldn't really, they didn't have the short game, didn't have the putting. And now with Cole Caulfield, no pun intended, they have their short game. 
<laughs> and, and they're able to they're able to score goals. And look, how many games in the last three, four, even more years was Montreal in the position Vegas was in and lost that game? How many times it's happened? Like uh, so many times, I can't even think about it. Where they outshoot the other team, they finally get a goal. The next minute, they give up the tying goal, end up losing the game. It, all the time, in the last two, three years. Are you this, saying that the ghosts are back? I'm not saying the ghosts are back, but I'm not saying they're not back. <laughs> it's it, look, look. Anytime something happens, like what happened to Marc Andre Fleury at the end of that game, you have to think something's going on, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> it, it, like when when things there's the stars aligning, and then there's just random acts of, you know mystique and, and things like that so yeah I, I mean there's the whole thing about mario trombley and patrick wa re- reconciling reconciling as well yeah. right like it, it's just weird it's weird the timing of everything happening is is weird and i think that's the best way i, could, I can describe this compared to 93 is that it, it's not 93 but 93 was a weird year this is a weird year we, we've spoken about cole Caulfield and i dug up a, a quote from from uh... <laughs> one of his colleagues, or what we assumed would be colleagues in the AHL uh, earlier this year. Uh, you know, Cole is pretty good. And, and the guy laughs and then he says, he's a nice player. He has good hands. He is a skilled player and he can score goals. It's all that. Jan Mishak, um, you know, he's been around in, in, in the junior age, but, but this is really Cole Cowfield is, is, is coming out. We mentioned it on the last pod. We mentioned that you know, there are players that has gotten the Calder Trophy in their second year. Obviously, Dryden is one of them, but but Cole Cowfield will have to be up there next year, along oh. with, with someone I've been watching the whole year uh, in Maurice Sider. That's going to be, be a stat. Yeah. Let me be honest about that. Uh, <laughs> that and we will talk about that in, 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 in the chat as a channel as well, in the in the Eyes on the Prize chat channel, that that draft is is seriously good. It's an insane yeah. draft when you look at it in reverse because we're thinking, where would Cole Caulfield go in a redraft? And we saw that, you know, oh, we have to move Cider up. We have to move this one up. We have to move this <laughs> one up. It, 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 it was really like the first, yeah, the first seven, eight guys were still more or less the same. Cole Caulfield would probably, you know, go in there somewhere. But, but yeah, about it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to regret passing on Cole Caulfield. I'm not sure Detroit is one of them. Right, like for, for sure, they're not. I'm, yeah. I'll be honest with that. Like, <laughs> like, like, you know, they're not one of them. You know, the the Devils are probably not one of them. The the Blackhawks with with Kirby Doc probably not one of them. Uh, Colorado with Bone Byram probably not one of them. But I, I think you can make an argument that that in a redraft, Caulfield, you know, might go ahead of, you know, depending. You know, the, we're still early on in this draft. You know, Jack Hughes is finally coming into his own. But I, I think that, you know, the Rangers are a team that probably, I don't think they would have taken Cole Caulfield number two, but I, I think if you're looking at best players in this draft, uh, he probably should have been higher. You know, you look at Minnesota and Matthew Boldy, Philadelphia, Cam York, Florida, Spencer Knight, maybe, you know, although I think Knight's going to be very good as well. But some yeah, of these the, drafts are, are, are draft, the, the teams are drafted and drafted out of position as well. We have to remember that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. You know, obviously, Kako is the big faller here. That that we can agree upon. Yeah, Pod, Pod Colson, Pod Colson is, is going to be good, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to Caulfield. 
uh, you know, he, he, I, I don't think he's that he's that good. So I think Vancouver is going to be, you know, man, th- this this whole team, Canadians team, that that second line is basically people that Vancouver could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> right? They had Tyler Toffoli, Cole Caulfield. Uh, they probably could have drafted Nick Suzuki. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but yeah, you know, it, it it's just funny how how it works <laughs> how it works out sometimes. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, Cole Caulfield is gonna is gonna be one of the top. I, I'm gonna say right now, top five players in that the draft class, and, and I, I don't feel 100 percent saying that top five, definitely top ten, yeah, <laughs> definitely I'm, top I'm, ten. I'm, but but I'm gonna top, have to top say five, that Cider is definitely gonna be one of them after seeing him this year and what he did to to very good players outside the <laughs> the NHL. I have no doubt saying Cider should have gone higher in the draft, and he went what sixth. Yeah, he went. He went six. So yeah, it, it's going to be. Broberg is is Bro, Broberg is going to be a follower for me. Oh, I, yeah, Edmonton. I yeah. Think... Okay, well, let me rephrase that that sentence I said with the second line. The this Canadian team is filled with teams that other Canadian teams could have had. Yeah, and I'm not even joking. Look at uh, Suzuki was drafted with Winnipeg's pick. Uh, Toffoli, obviously. Uh, Jeff Petrie, uh, Paul Byron. Uh, <laughs> um, Caulfield, obviously, like we talked about it before. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's funny how, you know, almost you look at, you know, former Canadians that were on North Division teams, and then you look at former North Division players who were on the Canadians, and it's it's funny how, how it works out sometimes. But yeah, it's... One person that, that no other Canadian team could have gotten, I think, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is Carey Price, though. We, we have to be honest about that. <laughs> Uh, taken very very early in the draft, uh, and obviously Kopitar has gotten his rings already. But but it seems like you know this is as close as as uh, Carey Price has been, and what a playoff he has had, and and the whole defense in many ways. Let's be yeah. honest about that. Like, like yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's funny because I, I was talking to to Julian McKenzie, you know, former EOTP uh, writer, and joined us on this podcast a couple of times now with the athletic and a bunch of other podcasts and things that he does because he's, he's, uh, he's Superman, but uh, talking to him after the game, he was doing this, um, this thing on Twitter. What was funny is that we were talking and, you know, people are like, Oh, this is the last chance for a lot of these players. You know, I'm looking at Corey Perry and Eric Stahl and, and Shea Weber and Carey Price, and it could be their last real chance. Let's be honest. This is the first real chance for Carey Price and for Shea Weber, right? Like they, they haven't. Shea Weber's never made it into the third round before. Carey Price has never uh, been, you know, uh, on a team that's that's been this close, uh, active player. You know, he was the backup to Halak in 2010. He was injured in Game One of 2014 in the third round. Th- this is their first chance, so they know that they're not going to get back there. And anybody on this Canadians team, the young guys, even Brendan Gallagher, but but the younger guys like uh, Adano or uh, a Suzuki, Kutkinyemi, Anderson, Caulfield, all of those guys are looking at these veterans who are making their first real chance to win a Stanley Cup at age, what, 35, 36, uh, 34 in, in, in Price's case, I think. You're looking at, at the, those guys and you're like, wow. And, and I think that there's that little bit of desperation in the back of all of their minds. And I think it's feeding through the lineup as well, because you can't always count on this happening. You can't always count on being in the final four. Uh, but, but looking at Kerry Price, you know, and the PK, let's, let's talk about the PK. 
they've been 40 times on the penalty kill. They have faced uh, 58 shots. Carry prices say more or less 95% of them. And uh, they, they let three goals in and scored four. This is, this is an insane stat to me. And this is with the refereeing being as bad as it was last night. You know, especially looking at who they're playing. You know, Toronto has a lot of talent. Winnipeg has a lot of talent. Vegas has a lot of talent. So, yeah, I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of luck to do with on penalty kills, but they're playing well and and they're make, making the best of their opportunities. I, I expect them to eventually get scored on and it might be more than once in the game and, you know, eventually the streak will end. But, yeah, they're, that's a big reason why they've been as successful as they have been. Uh, since since game four in Toronto against Toronto, and, and and obviously we have that stat that is incredible in many ways. Score three goals and and you win because Carey Price will only let two goals. Bye. Yeah, you know if you score three goals, the other team needs four to win, right? And and you know the way the way Carey Price is playing, you feel pretty good about your chances in a case like that. You know it's not it's not going to be a hundred percent all the time, but you know if 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 Carey Price is playing the way he's playing and you get three goals you kind of feel good about yourself. Let's be honest. Like it's, it's just, uh, it, it's just how this team is that the issue with this team in the past is that, and even in the first four games against Toronto was scoring themselves and they, they figured it out and they figured out a way to get goal scoring and it's, it's working. The power play is working. You know, if you get a extra power play goal here and there, that makes a big difference. And yeah, it's, the, the stars are aligning for Montreal and not just about like everything around them and, and getting chances, but they're, they're playing their best hockey of the year right now. And we talked about it. I know I've talked about it before in the podcast, a lot of times is peaking at the right time. And the Montreal Canadians are peaking at the right time. And we, you know, you, you weren't sure if they were ever going to get to that point, right? We were talking about it all year after the first 10 games of the season, how many times we've we been like, okay, they just have to, they're spinning their wheels a little bit. Once they get going, once they get going, and eventually they got going and it just happened to be at the perfect time for them. I spoke two years ago, more or less to the day with Christian Foline. Uh, then after his first season with, with the Canadians and he never really got a chance for, with his second season. He played a few games, but the champion of the SHL right now. But I remember him telling me when I asked, how is it to play in front of Carey Price? And he, I think the quote goes like some, something like this, because I haven't listened today. Uh, you can be a little bit more attacking. You can, you can push a little bit more as a defender because you know he's going to save a little bit extra or he, he covers a little bit more of the goal if you, if you keep it that way. And, and that's really what we have been seeing as well. The, the defense plays with that confidence that, that Christian Foligno was speaking about. Yeah, I mean, how many times, I, I would, I, I'm not doing a, a huge count here, but I would say 50% of the goals Carey Price has allowed has gone off of a Montreal player. I, I think that's about fair. Yeah, but then, 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 then you have the other ones that, you know, he saved, he saved a certain goal. Oh, absolutely. That would have made it 3-1 yeah. and game over. Yeah, that, that's the other thing is that, the, the, think about the, the, the big, big, big saves he's made. Right on on Mark Stone uh, in in game one, uh, on uh, Alex Tuck on in game three, uh, the Spezza save uh, against Toronto, the Shifley save in game one against Winnipeg, 
the Marner save in game one against Toronto, all of those saves are coming in either tied games or one goal games, right? Like if Alex Tuck scores to make it three, one game, game over, right? Montreal's not getting two on flurry in the last, you know, in the last uh, 10 minutes or whatever it was. So, you know, he's not, other than game three, he hasn't had to steal a game, but he's definitely stolen sir goals that have given Montreal a chance to win. So yeah, you know, you need, you need your best players to be your best players at this time of the year. And Carey Price is one of Montreal's best players. He's playing like one of their best players. And, you know, we, they, they aren't asking him to make 50 saves a game. Again, other than game three. It, it's not like he's being, he has to be Yaroslav Halak every game. And that's not sustainable if they were asking him to do that. But the fact that he's there when they need him uh, is, is definitely a, a big factor. And, I, you know, you need good goaltending to make it this far. That that go you know you need gold and, and Montreal is getting great goaltending and, and that's helping them along the way. It's you know when they're not at their best in the first period of Game Three, as an example, they weren't at their best. Uh, game Six against Toronto in the beginning of overtime, they weren't at their best. They were getting bombarded, but Carey Price made enough saves. Montreal comes back, gets the key goal, and and wins and wins the game. You know, look look at Marc Andre Fleury in Game One. Right, if, if that game is not zero zero after one period, we're, we're, are we talking about a three nothing one shell lead? Maybe in, in in the series. So, you know, it goes both ways, right? Mark Andre Fleury kept the Vegas Nolan Knights in that game, and in the second period, they took over, and and that's, you know, that's that's what goaltending does. That's a good goaltending does. You know, and people are like, oh, Montreal wouldn't be in this place they're in if Carey Price wasn't here. Well, Vegas wouldn't be in the place they're in if Mark Andre Fleury wasn't there. Well, I mean, arguably Montreal wouldn't be in that place either uh, if you count, you know, the end of Game Three. But uh, that, that's, I'm not going there. Uh, but then you have Andre Vasilevsky. Tampa wouldn't be as good as they are without him. Um, you know, the Islanders. You know, would they be in the same place that they're in with Ilya Sorokin? I don't know. Probably not. So, yeah, goaltending needs to be good to get you there. But it's not. It, you know, it's he's part of the team. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he's part of the team. I mean, you invested money. In a goalkeeper, in, in 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 others invested in a center, others invested in a winger like Ovechkin. You know, the teams are built differently, and that's important. But what we do see here is four former uh, first uh, round draft prospects uh, being the top four goalies in the or or being the top four goalies left in the league. Yeah, top top goalie standing. You know, like it's. And and for me, when I look at the other four goalies, I like Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> I really do. I think he's going to be great, and he's going to be great for a long while. But I also think that there is no other goalkeeper I would want in Montreal's net out of those three. No, absolutely. Or four, if you if you if you add any of the backups. Yeah, I mean. You can argue Jake Allen is probably the best of the backups as well, right? So if anything does happen to Carey Price, and you know Jake Allen is the reason the Canadians even made the playoffs, you know, with, with Carey Price and, and, the, and the rest. I think that 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 Carey Price mm-hmm. gone, that, that rest was they didn't have to rush him back. Yeah. I think that was really, really seriously one of the most important things. He got that extra few days to get back and be in perfect shape for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of factors. And, and you know, they got healthy at the right time, but, you know, they, they still had a lot of injuries. Everyone's like, oh, every, uh, you know, 
Tavares got hurt and DeMello got hurt and Shifley got suspended and uh, Chandler Stevenson got hurt. Montreal is not healthy either. You know, Carey Price was out right before the, the playoffs. Brendan Gallagher was out right before the playoffs. Philip Deneau was out right before the playoffs. Thomas Tatar was, was injured and not, not, you know, banged up. Uh, Shea Weber was injured right before the playoffs. Jeff Petrie was injured just before the playoffs. You know, he obviously wasn't right. Even before the incident with the camera hole, he wasn't a hundred percent, you know, everyone's hurt right now. You know, it's every team is injured. You know, Montreal doesn't have Jonathan Drouet in their lineup because of uh, he's not available to them. So, you know, every team is dealing with guys out of the lineup. That first line, it, it might not be, it might be first line C or something like that, <laughs> but the, the, the way Dano, Gallagher, and Lekkonen, and the way they are playing is incredible. And I'm sitting here with a signed Arthur Lekkonen, Montreal Canadiens cap. Going into this playoffs, even before the playoffs, you, you kind of figured they weren't going to be able to sign Tatar and Dano, right? So the question was, is okay, which one do they keep? And can you replace the other one, right? That, that's, that's the question. And then you saw with Jake Evans, uh, and then you see it with, with Arturi Lekkonen, is that, yeah. <laughs> they, they they can replace them and, and playing well. And, and Lekkonen, you know, he got hurt as well early on in, in the Toronto series. But yeah, he's been great. You know, it's kind of a, you can forget about that first line kind of thing. It, is that you, you place them on the lineup, you write their line names down, you throw them on the ice and you don't have to worry about yourself. And then you just get the Suzuki line out and get them chances and the stall line and get them chances, the Kutkaniemi line and, and get them chances. It's basically a, a human eraser for now, right? Like you don't have to worry about it. You just throw them out for 15 to 18 minutes and say, okay, now we can rest for about 30 seconds and then get ready for the next line. And, and that's a huge asset to have. You don't need them to score. You don't need them to score, but they're getting chances and limiting the other team's chances. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a if, huge if you take the top line out of the, the, the equation for the other team, you've done a very well job and you open up, especially, I think, for a team that is built as Montreal is with, you know, a third and fourth line that create chances maybe more than other teams can. Yeah, I, I think every t- the, the, the common thread in, in, this, in this playoff is that every team Montreal has played, their third and fourth lines are better than the other team's third and fourth lines. And when you do that and you can eliminate the top two lines – because Suzuki, Caulfield, and Toffoli are playing great. And then the, the no line can shut down the other team. When you can do that, you're, you're golden, right? And like, it, it's, it's very hard. And you have a golden like Carey Price as well, right? Like, you add up everything. And, you, and obviously, the defense has a part to play as well. Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmondson, Jeff Petrie, they've been playing great as well. Not take anything away from them, because they, they've been helping out a lot as well. The, the question going into this series was if you assume that the Stone line and the Dano line cancel each other out, can the Suzuki line cancel out the Marcia so, Smith, and Carlson line? And the answer to this point has been yes. And, and that's why Montreal's ahead in the series right now. It's because they, they've been able to get key goals and limit the, the other team's goals. And it sounds easy and simple and, and kind of silly when you say it like that, but that's, that's what you're trying to do. Looking forward, looking to towards next game, uh, without mentioning the referees because we're not <laughs> going to talk about that anymore. Um, yeah, it was bad. But, yeah, but um, 
any chance for for a bigger crowd in 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 the bell center not, not game or, four. or will that have to wait for another yeah, not game four okay. for sure i don't think they'll do it quick enough for game six uh, i don't I, I think this round is pretty much set at 3500 but I, I think as you go on the crowds outside the bell center are going to get are going to get bigger <laughs> but uh yeah i i don't think they're gonna i don't think there's enough time to do it and obviously you know game six now if it happens in, in montreal is on the day of uh, the, the the Quebec provincial holiday, so that's going to be a fun fun. All right, I'm booking flights. How long do I have to be in quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's uh, that you know, game six is going to be uh, an intense little game, uh, for sure. So, yeah, you know, like I said before, it's a fun time to be in Montreal. Game six <laughs> on on uh, Saint Jean Baptiste is going to be. Is going to be fun, uh, especially especially if Montreal has a chance to win the series. You know, if they're if they win one of the next two games, uh, and they have a chance to to clinch in Game Six, in, in <laughs> on June twenty fourth, um, yeah, um, yeah. That you, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't go too crazy. That, that's that's all I gotta say. Yeah, hopefully everyone gets their shot. Well, not <laughs> only that, just that. you know, board up your windows if you're downtown. <laughs> um, uh, because yeah, I, I'm not saying that hockey fans are the ones causing trouble, but there's going to be people causing trouble. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Don't park your car downtown. You know, <laughs> use the public transit system. Wear yeah, masks. Yeah, yeah. Get your shots. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's 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 an exciting time it is and i feel it over here and i'm a little bit disappointed with the swedish media because obviously they are like oh flurry made a mistake they don't talk about you know the refs or they don't talk about the fantastic play or the second time that you can come to against none <laughs> in overtime well, that, that's why eotp and, exists so anybody in the world could come in it's it's amazing really the reach of eyes on the prize and we're happy that you have listened to this podcast please as always follow us on on twitter follow us on uh, on or subscribe on the podcast matt drake we have to promote matt drake's uh, bottom yeah, six minutes as well. fantastic work uh and and obviously we dylan wall yes is is doing his own podcast so make sure to to follow the hab statistician podcast as well uh it's been a pleasure having you listening to us hopefully and uh, we will say that montreal is up after tomorrow's game